You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello and welcome to the Bus Boss Scottish Football Podcast with me, Hamish Carton. Our weekly roundup of the Scottish action. We'll be talking Scottish football this week, as always. Um, looking back at the, the weekend's action, lots of good stuff to talk about, lots of talking points. To help me do that, I'm joined by Ross Clark, who's made the trek from Sunny Paisley. Good to be uh, back joke, again. Joke's getting old, isn't it? Sunny yeah. Paisley. Lewis Kemp from Lark Hall, Callum Fisher who's made the, the short journey from his house to our studio here in Ayr, and also the, <laughs> I need to get this right, the, what is it, the, the website and social media editor of Falkirk FC, Connor Park. Connor, good of you to take time out of your busy schedule at the Falkirk Stadium to join us in the studio. I've been every week. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the action, starting with, well, where, where do you guys want to start this week? I think, I think we'll quite start with Hearts, don't they? Top of the league. Seems like a good place to start. Tynecastle, 3-0 win for them on Saturday against Partick Thistle. Did we see that one coming? I think we did. Um, Hearts have been unstoppable, basically. Uh, Thistle looked very poor defensively. Um, I think the likes of Nicholson looked really, really good for Hearts. Um, although Juan missed a penalty, he looked like he still had a good game. So I think there's plenty of positives to take. Um, looking at Hearts just now um, they'll be thinking I know a lot of people have been quite cautious over it but they'll be thinking they can mount a mount a bit of a challenge mm. um, they'll just need to see how they go on obviously there's more tests and fixtures coming up for them but um, you've got to win the games against Thistle and teams like that so. I put up a question on the page just wondering how far Hearts can go this season how high they can finish in the league what's the, the general consensus in the studio? It's difficult to tell Um I mean, obviously they've started well, but you'd, you'll get more of an idea about it when they play the likes of Aberdeen. Um, Aber- I still think Celtic will win the league. Um, it all depends how they do in Europe. If, if Celtic get into Europe, uh, that might be a bit of a distraction for them, and the likes of Hearts and, Aber- and Aberdeen could both could both push them close. I think, yeah, actually, we kind of made that point last week about, um, you know, it'll, it'll be dependent on the Aberdeen Celtic games for Hearts, but at this point of view, it's... At this point in time, you know, it's, it's all about momentum for Hearts and, and, and to keep this momentum going. They, they, they obviously, you know, they're carrying on from mm. uh, their season last year in the, in the Championship. Aye, we were looking at tickets for the game, upcoming <laughs> game against Aberdeen yeah. and they're, they're almost sold out already here. So, I mean, that's that's probably their next massive game coming up because you look at the rest of the teams in the league, they've already beaten Dundee and Inverness and, and you think, um, who, who can beat Hearts? It's, the game against Aberdeen will obviously be the biggest test um, so far and I think that'll be when we can really judge where Hearts are if they are good mm. enough to, to challenge Aberdeen or um, I think as, as we said last week is it going to be a case of Celtic out in front and then almost Aberdeen 
uh, out in front of Hearts and then Hearts out in front of the mm. rest or is it going to be tighter than that um, all indications I mean Hearts are playing some, some really good football some really entertaining stuff and I think it's just about consistency if they can get the consistency and, and get results obviously against Aberdeen and Celtic then I, I don't see why they can't um, be right up there to the end of the season so in terms of Saturday's game, what do we make of it then? Uh, you touched on, on Wanmai earlier, missed the penalty, but once again, it was followed up well by Nicholson, similar to the goal against St Johnson in the first week when Walker, I think, followed up after he missed the penalty that uh, day. Was it Osmond So? I wanted to say so as well. Yeah. But uh, just kind of, it's a small thing, but it almost sums up the attitude at Hearts at the moment in terms of um, first, first every loose opportunity, really. It does, it's very much... Uh, that kind of attitude that'll, that'll get them results this year. I think that kind of 3 0 victory is, is something that probably a scoreline will see on a number of occasions this year when Hearts are playing. It just sounds a very much kind of run in the mill victory. Um, and I think they'll do that to a lot of teams this year. And they'll not um, destroy teams as slightly did obviously at Cowden Beef last year, but mm. I think they'll have a, a number of clean sheets at home, a number of very comfortable victories with a, a nice balance of goals. So in terms of Partick Thistle then, we're a bit worried for them, they've got two points I think this season, maybe three points actually, I, think they've, I don't think they've won a game but I don't think, I think that was only their second defeat, Celtic and Hearts have lost us so yeah. they're tough to beat but do we see them getting many wins this season? I, I wouldn't be worried for Partick Thistle, I think, for me I think there's just a huge gap between yeah, the likes of Aberdeen, Celtic and Hearts and then the, the teams kind of bother, yeah. I think the majority of teams will really struggle against Hearts and especially at, at Tynecastle, a sold out Tynecastle, you know it's... It's hard enough place to go at the best of times when it's sold out and you have the, you know, there's only like 750 Party Thistle fans there, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so they're, they're, they're totally outnumbered. So it's Did they have an opportunity for more tickets or was that? Nah, nah, they, 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 I think they sold out on the, the Thursday, I think. Yeah, mm. uh, and then, aye, that was it. But I mean, that's a team that was just promoted last season, thumping Party Thistle, who, alright, they're in the, the lower echelons of the league, but. It's still, you can you take that for granted I know, now. I know, but Hearts are unlike any other team that's been promoted yeah. in recent times. You'd say, wouldn't you? They I mean, are a, just a special case. Um, not many, although I suppose Dundee came up and did, did well. really well. Hamilton, yeah, I yeah. suppose <laughs> that's just a completely <laughs> ridiculous point I've made. But yeah, <laughs> that's first ball for you. Um, I think the difference being Hearts will um, maintain it most likely. Yeah, they're not going to fall away like mm. Hamilton did last year. What, what do you mean by they won't fall away? Do you think? What would falling away be? Would falling away, away be finishing be fourth? Yeah, probably this season. Yeah. Um, I think they're they're strong enough to be competing first and second, not not for yeah. fourth, fifth. Um, and I think Hearts, yes, Hamilton won't do very well, but Hearts are a totally different entity to to, to Hamilton. Yeah. Um, I think last year, despite them making a very good start, a lot of us were waiting on Hamilton, kind of starting to lose lose matches and. I suppose that's what eventually happened. They picked up a wee bit again towards the end, but Hearts will be there or thereabout come end of the year. Will they be right up there with Celtic? Probably not, but they'll certainly put on yeah. a very strong challenge. Yeah. I think the difference between yeah. like, Hearts yeah. and Hamilton is that Hamilton seemed to they lost a lot of their players last year. Like, like the, the key players, Tony Andrew and uh, you know uh, Antoine Curry as well. He left. Uh, they both left. Whereas Hearts are a kind of bigger team, and I think they can, you know, they can afford to hold on to these players, you know, that are that are, that are doing well for them at the moment and getting them in in this position. So let's talk about Hamilton. There, you brought us on to that that point. A, a cracking win for them up in the Highlands yesterday. Not yesterday, Saturday. Sorry. Um, did we see that one coming? Don't think so. Um, I'm sure plenty of people would have had Inverness knock at them at the weekend. Uh, 
But I mean, we wrote we wrote Hearts off. Heart, eh, sorry, we wrote um, Hamilton off the week before with Dundee United. Um, and it just it just shows you. I mean, you can't really you can't call anything in this league, especially Hamilton. I mean, we, we didn't give them a chance at the start of the season, and uh, they've shown that they can they can pull out a result. And the fact is, as well, they're getting goals from all over the pitch. So um, mm. I think they're going to going to do all right this year. For all the chat about Dundee having a great start, is they've only got seven points, which is the same as Hamilton and Ross County. Hamilton we're looking at as this the second bottom team in the league this year, but. It's been a terrific start for them when you look at it the first five games as a whole. Yeah, I mean, obviously Inverness um, have been far from impressive themselves. Um, but Hamilton are now starting to prove people wrong um, in, in terms of nobody really knew where the goals were, were coming from. And they've and scored it, six in the last two now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and to go up to Inverness and win like that, um, you know, it's impressive. And I think what we're seeing, especially from, from our point of view, you know, a lot of us... For example, tips come on it to do well, and obviously we'll come on to them. Um, but you know, the way people things are, are going um, unexpectedly um, for quite a few teams uh, so far this season. So you know, I, I think Hamilton can can push on from here. Mm. John Hughes could he be the the first manager out the door possibly? No, I don't. I don't think they'll sack him, but could he be the the first one? Could he may well leave if he? John Hughes won't uh, walk out a job. He won't walk out a job. No, I don't think. Not is that, is that put on record, Sparky? Is that? I don't think he will. I think he won't sack him though, will the they? Man, I think the mannerism that comes across interviews, there will always be that determination there from him that he can turn things around. And I mm. think, in his head, the day that he thinks he can't turn a job around is probably the day that he gives up. Should he have left after they won the cup? No, I don't think he can leave after that. Yeah. Um, Jose Mourinho. Yeah, but. Mourinho and John Hughes <laughs> It's not really a similar comparison my, my point being that Is there any way up after winning the cup It can probably be down pro- Well probably not But I mean You've got to try and maintain that level As a manager If yeah. you win a competition You can't you can't say Oh that's it You know You can't say You've always got to be positive And if he was to walk away from that job After winning the cup he'd, It would be a pretty bizarre decision I think Should there be questions asked about This season's start to the season? Um, well, I mean, just what you were saying there. I mean, it's almost impossible for you know John Hughes to match what what he what he done what he done last year. So I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Inverness. I know it's been a poor start, obviously, for them. Just thinking about you know where they were last year, and I think especially this game. I think you'd, you'd expect them to win it comfortably, and and it's almost similar in a way to the Motherwell result as well, which I think a lot of people are kind of. Uh, but shocked at that as well at the beginning of the season. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they go. I mean, the, the quality is there. They've got the players. Well, so that's the thing. I think they're lacking. They're lacking a goal scorer. Right. Um, they've never really filled that Mackay and Marley Watkins role. I don't think the boy Lopez. He'll carry a threat, but I don't think he's got that. That final, that final aspect of his play that will see him, you know, bag fifteen goals a season or mm. something, you know, something that they need. Um, I think he went two up top on Saturday, just looking at the team because he had um, Lopez and also the boy Matumbo, mm. who I saw the week before at Celtic Park, and both of those were up top on on Saturday. So, got a bit worrying signs for them because have either of them really started playing yet for them? I don't think so. Anyway, I, th- I think when it comes to signings, they've got a very niche market if you like as to who they can bring up because it's a big lifestyle change for somebody to go and live up there and the way they've done it in the past is they've plucked people 
out of the English lower leagues and all that sort of thing, and, and I've I've given the opportunity to go and impress, put themselves on a platform and and try and and earn themselves a move back down south somewhere bigger, better. They did it with Watkins, um, and and there's been other examples of it, but. I think what John Hughes had to do this year is he's had to go further afield, further abroad, and, and that's always a risk because you, you're bringing in people that are totally unknown, and yes, they can provide you with a spark, but there's other times when they'll just not do anything for you, and it, it's very unlucky that they are where they are in terms of, you know, if John Hughes was in, in the central belt, I'm sure with his contacts and the people he knows in the game and the experience he's had, he'd probably be able to pull in uh, I wouldn't say better things because that's an injustice to the players that are there, but uh, certainly I, th- I think you know we've seen it with what he did even at, at Falkirk. He was able to bring in a lot, a lot of experienced players. He did it with Livingston. He was able to kind of guide them to a decent position in the, in the, the, the first division at the time. Mm. Um, and it's just obviously you have to be able to find players that are willing to make that that move up north. And don't get me wrong, I think they've got a very good story to tell. As such, you know, you can come up here with the Scottish Cup winners. Uh, you know, you're getting guaranteed TV games every week. There is a platform there, but it's about trying to get those players that are, to be attracted to and 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 to to sign up really. Well, I mentioned that the pressure may be on John Hughes, a manager who certainly has the pressure on him now. Is Kelly boss Gary Locke another four 0 thumping second of the season for them this time at home to Ross County? That's just not acceptable, is it? No, I mean I don't know what the problem is with Kelly. We were. Nice. Touched on earlier, maybe, we maybe that was a problem we tipped them too highly because yeah. usually they're tipped or they're not tipped and they actually stay up. Well, but, uh, the, the signings that they brought in, you were thinking get a real shot here, but it's the old story. You need to get the players to gel together, hmm. um, and that certainly doesn't seem to be happening. I don't know what the problem is at the back, but they're losing early goals. I think yeah, that's a big they're problem. Losing early goals Celtic, and they're losing Partick Thistle, two 0 down in four minutes on yeah. on Saturday. It's it's a big, big task against any team in the league when you're when you're coming from behind. I'm right in saying they had uh, two players had to go off in the first half with injury as well. I know McCulloch. I think, I think yeah, uh, was it was Ashcroft as well. Ah, yeah. They've had a couple of injuries. I know uh, Chris Johnson's out. Um, sorry, it was Connolly, um, Westlake, and McCulloch oh. as well. So I think I don't know if they were all injuries, but that was three subs certainly by half time. Mm. Um, and I know the young boy Chrissy Johnson's out for the season. I think he does mm. cruciate ligaments. So it's not looking good for Kelly. I mean, you look at their team and you've got the likes of you've got Chris Boyd and Higginbottom. I mean, players who have played in the Premier League for ages. Um, did you see the, the clip of the, the Kelly fan uh, doing the rounds on social media? Yeah. Uh, it was worth it just for the end, I thought. But <laughs> he, he was just gradually just saw him getting more and more frustrated. But he, he was full of praise for Jamie McDonald, who it seems has been keeping yeah, Kelly's scores down to yeah. 4-0. <laughs> well, you're talking about, obviously, the players they've got in there. I believe they were playing with one up top yeah. um, on Saturday, and, and that was Chris Boyd, and obviously it just doesn't work with Chris Boyd being up, where up was, front. Where was McGuinness playing then? I believe. Right wing or something? I think, so. I think they Jesus. were playing, because McCulloch was, be, was playing the holding role as well, um, and, and for me, um, McCulloch was finished at the, the league, you know, the level below last season, um, so... So goodness only knows what he's been, you know, why um, he's been signed this season. Obviously, to add some experience on the coaching side, but I, I just think uh, it's just it's just mistakes like that. I just I don't see why you would play play Boyd up front um, on his own. But obviously, they've got a good solid keeper in Jamie McDonald, and, and by all accounts, uh, if it wasn't for him, uh, the scorelines could be even worse. 
I'm also wondering what the odds are now that you've got uh, McCulloch and Boyd and Stevie Smith in there. What the odds might be on McCoist coming in in December? <laughs> oh God, surely not. Ex Kelly player, of course. Yeah. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know how how else Kelly would line up as such because I mean. Would they play McGuinness and Boyd together? I no, you wouldn't, I don't, have you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have them two up top. They're too similar. Too yeah. similar type I, style. I think it's um, all it's all fine. Well, arguing about you know up front, but for me the big problem was the defence. Yeah. I think it's a complete shambles. Like yeah. apart, I, I rate Connolly. I think a lot of us here rate Connolly, but I think apart from that, uh, they're struggling. Even just just the goals they conceded, the way they conceded them, just uh, the positioning was all over the place. It was a complete. Uh, capitulation at the back It was just a complete shambles really hmm. In fairness though At the same time as we're Absolutely laying into Kelly here We've got to give County a We're lot just going to come on to that actually uh, We tipped them I think In our Cumulative table We put them about 10th in the league this season And they've To be honest They've been absolutely excellent They had that opening day Defeat to Celtic But a good performance They've lost to Hearts as well Which is nothing to be ashamed about At the moment And the rest of their games I think they've won two And, and drawn one I've been yeah. a terrific win um, at Kilmarnock four 0 I mean Dundee were getting praised to the hill at the start of the season when they did that. Yep. So I think I think it is it's it's good for us, and we we should praise Ross County because it's been a terrific start to the season. I think it's easy to to sort of forget about Ross County just because yeah. of the starts that Hearts have made. Obviously Aberdeen are doing mm-hmm. well, Dundee um, as well, and and they're not really a fashionable team, I suppose Ross County to praise, but they've done terrifically well. It's just a case of of. You know, not doing perhaps what Hamilton did last season, having such a good start, and then such a dramatic drop off. Obviously, Hamilton did lose Alex Neil, um, which which never helps. But for me, I think that that Ross County side um, has always been better than people have said, um, and I think they've shown it now, albeit against what a very poor Kilmarnock team on Saturday. I'd love to know a like a twenty fifteen table where Ross County would be because since like Christmas time, they've just looked last season they were mm. just outstanding. I think. They're not going to run where they took like twenty-seven points from a possible thirty or something. Yeah, we saw them playing at St Mirren, and they were at the end of last season. I mean, St Mirren were poor at the time, but Ross County that night were brilliant, yeah. and they looked just to have kicked It'll on. Suit them, It'll suit them though. It'll suit them though to go under the radar. If they're going to, um, you know, be up against opposition like so you get Dundee in there and Hearts all doing really well, it won't bother them a bit. The fact that they're not getting that recognition, they'll be used to it. As long as, you know, comes Christmas time, they're still up there, that's when folk will start noticing, that's when folk will start looking. But at that point, they've already put themselves in a very solid position. And, uh, you know, they say it a lot, you know, sometimes these are the teams that can, you know, they're there before you know it, and they can shock you very much. Yeah, they've they've certainly um, had a great start to the season. I mean, you look at their team on paper, and you've got, I think, uh, a big... Big addition uh, to the teams when Jackson Irvin. I mean, I just, I just think he's a, a really good player. Playing against his old club on Saturday, apparently he was he was absolutely excellent. Uh, you look at Boyce as well, weighing in with two goals on Saturday. He's a, he's another striker that I think I, I really rate Liam Boyce. I think he's a, a cracking player. And fair fair play to Jim McIntyre and Billy Dodds as well because yeah. he came in there when the club was at the foot of the table. Um, and fair play to him, we've completely completely turned it around there. So good to see a, mm. a young Scottish manager doing well. What about Jackie McNamara? Is he a young Scottish manager doing well at Dundee United? Oh, see what see what I did there. <laughs> uh, a three one defeat for them on Saturday against a, a Celtic team resting nine players. We'll come on to Celtic in a minute. In terms of Dundee United, you were at the game, Lewis. You yeah. impressed with them? No, I mean uh, that was the that was the first time I've seen United in the flesh this year, and um, just really struck me how how much the the kind of Armstrong in there in the midfield. It just looked like there's a huge gap in that midfield. Where, um, yeah, a, a million slack passes. You know, I, I honestly lost count in the amount of times that Celtic intercepted the ball. You yeah. know, 
Uh, I mean, there was nobody taking charge of the game and no real dig in the midfield. Um, I think the most worrying thing from uh, what I saw about United was that, you know, I watched them last week and the problems that I saw last week, it didn't seem to be addressed this week either. Right. Um, you know, they're second to every ball. You know, defence was still a complete mess. Um, and I really think if it wasn't for Zwick, uh, Zwick, Zwick. Yeah, Zwick yeah. Uh, I think um, it could have, probably could have been four or five. five he actually, I've heard a lot of negative stories about him. And obviously from the, the first game of the season, the, the whole thing uh, with McLean. Uh, but I, I was really impressed with him. I thought he made a few terrific saves. I thought Durnan's block off the line early on was really good as well. He's unfortunate for the goal, but at the end of the day, you can also say it's poor defending. I think he got he got a lot of sympathy, but I thought you've got to give him a shout or, or something like because it was the way the way the attack went. I think it was Commons, wasn't it? Who tried to find Griffiths, and it was a poor ball from Commons. The keeper just needs to shout time or the keeper just even keeper's ball or just deal with it. Like it was just it was. I don't know what he was doing trying to pass it back to his keeper I mean, anyway. It was, yeah. a, it was a strange one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still think. I don't know if he's if he's still quite confident with his defence, but I think that in terms of shot stopping, I think he's actually a very very good keeper in, mm. in that sense. But um, just going, you know, on the Celtic, I think um, you know they got to be really pleased with that result, considering it was you know a reserve side yeah. pretty much. Only know. Azagiri and Griffiths with only two. In terms of Lee Griffiths, uh, brings us on to the nice topic of the the Scottish national squad being announced for the the forthcoming qualifiers away to Georgia and home to Germany. Lee Griffiths, I think Griffiths and Armstrong maybe the two big inclusions in the squad. Do we think they are they are kind of the right decision to bring those two in, or is there anyone else that, that should be in there that wasn't? I think you were expecting Griffiths to be in, and you know, been in the last squad. Um, you were you were hoping against hope he'd be he'd be playing um, and he'd be in that squad. I, I, want, I personally want him to play against Georgia. I think up top he'd give us a a kind of different option. Um, if I remember correctly, their two centre halves are pretty slow, and I saw them at Ibrooks. Um, so, yeah, I think that Griffiths is a, a great inclusion. Um, someone who'll bring bring a bit of pace to that forward line. Um, likes of Armstrong, there's uh, been calls for him for a while to get in, and Strachan had said that he'd give it time, he wouldn't rush into it. Um, and now Armstrong's got his opportunity. So, if he can take that chance, then he can maybe cement a place in that that squad for the for a long time. I mean, you look at the squad in full, I'm just kind of looking through it, there's no one there that doesn't really have any great experience. I mean, if you, if you go through the team, I think they've all they've all played before. There's not a, an inclusion that you go, oh, that's the wrong thing, maybe. Chris I mean, Martin, maybe. Oh, that's the one I was going to say. Chris yeah. Martin is, is perhaps, but, I mean, he's not going to play if he's got, what well, he's got Russell, Fletcher, Naismith and Griffiths all ahead of him. So, I mean, yeah. he's, he's not even going to, well, even make the bench, I doubt it. You look around the rest of that squad, and I'm I'm filled with confidence. I can't think I'll be I'll be missing anyone from that. Charlie that Adam, there. I'd say. I, I think in terms mm-hmm. of midfield, I think a lot of them are all quite similar. And you know, I'm also a huge fan of Armstrong, but I think he's quite similar to what the players we've already got. So I think having Adam in there might have given us something different. But I mean, Craig for Scythe included in the squad. Yeah, I mean, I've always been uh, an, advo- an advocate for uh, Shinny getting in the squad, or I think, I think we'll go on to uh, Wallace as well. I think uh, Calm probably have a few things to say about that, but uh, I don't know about Forsyth, to be honest. He didn't, certainly didn't uh, str- uh, fill me with confidence no, in the I, th- I think game. it's. I think international football is pretty ruthless. If you have one bad game, you're suddenly. You're suddenly mm. viewed as not fit for purpose by yeah. a lot of, but especially Scot- as Scotland fans, we are we are quite harsh. Um, for Scythe, if you remember correctly, he played well against Qatar, 
Um, and that was probably the reasoning for, for Strachan putting him in instead of Robertson um, for the Ireland game. And he's a wee bit more physical than Robertson as well. Um, but I think with Robertson at left-back, he'll get a wee bit more pace going down that line. Um, and someone who'll be looking to go forward against the likes of Georgia. Yeah. Uh, and providing a wee bit of a threat against the, the likes of Germany as well. We've got a tweet in here from Crispy Bear One. Um, throw a few names out there: Scott Fox, Ryan Jack, Sam Nicholson, Scott Bain. He says probably not to start them, but at least give them experience. But it's not really the time for giving them experience, is it? Well, it's the time for winning games. The thing is, who are the three keepers in the squad for this one? A big Gordon McGregor and Marshall. Marshall. Right. Well, do we? <laughs> McGregor obviously made the mistake at the weekend um, with Hull, but not I'm not saying not his first one this season aye. either. Aye, so I don't see the problem with you know maybe giving the likes of Scott Fox a wee chance. You know, just just put him in. That. He's not even going to play, but just the experience of of being in that being in that squad around the players, having the experience of going away trip to the likes of Georgia. You know, le- leading a different life. McGregor knows he'll not be playing. He knows Marshall and Gordon are ahead of him in the pecking order. Marshall will start, no doubt about it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you have to wonder. I mean, McGregor's obviously thirty-two now as yeah. well, so he knows what he knows what it's about. Um, and obviously, he's not been at his best. For for me, at their best, I still believe McGregor is the best keeper there now. Whether his form is taking such a dip that he won't get it back um, is another question. But I really nah, rate. I disagree Scott. with you there. I disagree. I, well, I, I I know. I think we've all got our different opinions, but I think Scott Bain. We can all agree is uh, looks like a terrific keeper and one definitely for the future. So yeah. for me, there's no point really in having a 32, 33 year old third choice keeper no. when you can bring in a 23 year old in Scott Bain as you said give him some experience um, which can only uh, help us in the future yep. went off a bit of a tangent there back to Saturday's game at Tanadise touched on Celtic there nine changes um, on Saturday we're expecting probably nine more going into Tuesday's night's game it's an absolutely massive game probably the biggest, uh, the biggest in terms of money, financial gain, the biggest match in Celtic's history. Well, it is simple as that. They're, you're looking at, yeah. you're looking at about I think eighteen million pounds flat plus ticket prices, and that's for doing rubbish in the the group stage. So you can't put a price in it, but it isn't just money. It's about I think John Collins earlier saying he wants to play in the biggest tournament, get players yeah. experience in the biggest tournament. It's an absolutely massive game on Tuesday, and I think as well, just in in terms of you know Celtic are. They are a selling club, so even just getting players in there in the short window, you, you'll, you'll get more money for them if they're playing well in yeah. the Champions League. Signing players will be easier in the Champions yep. League. You might well see a, another striker in if Celtic get into the Champions League. Would Van Dijk stay if you get into the Champions League? Well, you need to ask Virgil that. I mean, there's talk, John Collins again denied it today, but there's been talk that a deal's been agreed with Southampton that, uh, irrespective of whether Celtic beat Malmo or go through against Malmo on Tuesday, that uh, Virgil Van Dijk will be away down to the south of England pretty mm. soon I don't know I think Celtic apparently holding out I think it's 11 million it's a bit of a strange number it's usually kind of 10 or even 12 or something like that they got from Anyama but 11 million is apparently the, pi- the price that Celtic are holding out for uh, but that's just going to go on and on I think um, one thing that is certain is Van Dijk will play on Tuesday night how do we how do we see Celtic getting on on Tuesday night? Are we are we worried for them out uh, there? Well, well, after the game, I thought that was it. You know, I was, mm. I've I've never felt more. Uh, I've never felt that way after a win. You know, yeah. it was just completely gutting. It was a strange atmosphere. How, how do you? 
how do you analyse that game last week? Because Celtic did win it. They did yeah. win the game, but I know that late goal feels like a defeat. But you've got to remember, Celtic scored one more goal than Mal- Malmo. They beat yeah. them. I know. I mean, I watched. I was sitting there, and there was a guy beside me, and me and him just called the whole match. We just said, you know, we've started well, but what we're going to do now is we're going to let him back into the match, and that's that's essentially what happened. You know, uh, the, the problem for me is, you know, as much as you know, dial has got this formation of you know the one guy up front. And um, you know it's, it's okay for maybe the first like ten twenty minutes or so, but when you're when you're winning games comfortably, when you've only got one player up there, I think I think you need you need a, you need a second striker just you know to get to get more goals essentially you know yeah. to, to, to to take take the most of your advantage that you've already got, and and there is a clear part a pattern emerging you know even somewhat in the Dundee United game as well uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, people forget. You know, it was two one for a large period of that game. Mm-hmm. And Dundee United, you know, or a better team than Dundee United could e- easily have got a goal and equalised the tie, and it would have been a much you know different game. So, you know, the problem still persists with Celtic. They can't close out games, and you know, for me on Tuesday against Malmo, it's you know the, the best the two best players are coming back now. Malmo have a pretty good record at home. Um, they've got the, they have a crowd on their side as well. I just really, really worry. Um, I, th- I, I will say this: I think Celtic are definitely capable of, of scoring over there, but um, you know, it's it's whether you know they, they can hold out and and get and get the get the draw or get or get the win, preferably, obviously. So, in a word, will Celtic be in the, the group stage draw on Thursday? I'll go round the table. Um, yes. No. No. Yes. I will go yes as well, but that's that's my. You've got a pained look in your my face. My heart rather than the thing. The thing I was thinking about it was you know at two 0 two 0 is always a dangerous scoreline, um, but at two 0 Johansson's a great chance. Johansson, yeah, if that, if they, Johansson, don't, they don't come back from that if he scores that. Yeah, exactly. If Johansson puts his laces through that instead of trying to place it, he's he's a through. Uh, two two 0 three one. You've got to look at yourselves and think. We've got to see that game out. Um, and you did obviously but to concede a goal in the last minute it's a polar opposite to Man United Man United yeah. scored in the last minute to pretty much mm-hmm. you know that's a major boost for them um, mm-hmm. Celtic conceded in the last minute and the tie suddenly in the balance but as Lewis said I think Celtic are capable of scoring the way goal and I think they'll just they'll just manage to sneak through So that game is on Tuesday evening so uh, all the best to Celtic there and hopefully Come our next podcast, we'll be we'll be talking about Celtic in the group stages of the Champions League and looking ahead to all these these big games coming ahead. Um, who else have we not talked about? We've not touched Aberdeen yet, have we? They beat Dundee two 0 on Saturday in a probably the most mouth watering game going into the weekend's action. Um, you impressed with Aberdeen there? Yeah, I think you know it's another one. Dundee are a team who have done well to to, to start with. Um, and saying that they have and they haven't because we've made the point that you know Ross County and Hamilton still had the same amount of points as them uh, but it's another one where you look at it same, it's similar to Hearts it's comfortable it's running the mill and it's a sort of result that I would expect Aberdeen to be getting across the board of the, the season um, the, I think the, the second goal was towards the end of the match yeah. uh, and that always kind of kills it I noticed I mean, a couple of chances of Dundee had Kane Hemmings in particular and then there was a shot that came in just after it. Uh, they were both very, very close. So it's when they, uh, did this appear like although Aberdeen were comfortable, Dundee still had chances to come into it and if they were maybe a wee bit um, more convincing up front, 
then they might have, have snuck their way back into the game. But it's just, as I say, another one that Aberdeen just need to keep winning games like that and it keeps themselves up there, the same as Hearts and, and any team that wants a challenge. These are the games that, yes, Dundee are talked about as having a good squad, but still, if you're wanting to go the distance, it's a game you need to be winning because, let's be honest, Celtic are going to go to Dens Park probably and win by a couple of goals. Uh, and well, that's a bit... I don't know about that, Sparky. That's... Well, we've seen it and it's, uh, to me, it's just the sort of games that, yes, Dundee are a, a good team, but are they going to really have enough to overcome? I don't think anyone term? was really. I don't think so. I don't think anyone was really tipping them to finish top three, though. Yeah. Like, you know, like likes. No, Aberdeen. they weren't. Nobody's but what I'm saying is, it sh- it's the sort of result that they should be getting. It's the sort of result that Aberdeen should I be getting. Hearts should be getting. You can't. If, if they're not going to be going for top three, then the top three teams will be beating them. That's the way I look at it. Uh, and I think if they, if they don't do that, then there's questions probably, you know, as to. Exactly where teams are going to finish. If Dundee are going to challenge them, then that's fine. They need to be going and, and making it count because what Dundee will do is Dundee will take points off teams below them. Dundee will right. rant over, beat okay, teams below them. But in order to make that step oh, up, they have to pick up the results against the teams that are second and third. It's a fair point. Um, I think Dundee will be best of the rest, being at fourth position. I don't, I don't know if we think there's any team that's capable of finishing above Dundee at the moment, do we? You could argue... County, I mean, with the, county with the start they've made, but I think they'll fall away a wee bit. I mean, you, you look at the table and it's almost four and then a bottom eight. And mm. I, I could be wrong here, but you wonder if maybe it could be any one of six teams I, I, could be relegated at the moment. I still think St Johnston will be in the, in the mix for, for fourth. I, I don't think you can count them out. They're a team that kind of grind out results. And a, mm. Nah, we'll, I don't think so. We'll come, we'll come straight on to St Johnston then. Uh we were we were also in attendance yes. at Midland Park on Saturday, two games Saturday for us. Uh, a strange game, game of two halves. Motherwell yeah. started really well, dominated the first half, absolutely dominated. Other than a couple of chances for Stephen McLean, they dominated the game. Um, second half was totally different. It was all St Johnson, and St Johnson made it count. There was three goals were all virtual tap-ins. They were very similar goals and uh, deserved one. I think you, you, you just say there that um, Mother will dominate the first half. They dominated the first 60 minutes, yeah. I'd say. Uh, I think I don't think it was until uh, Simon Lappin was, was taking off for St. Johnson that they really kind of kicked on. I think there was always that feeling watching the match that you know St. Johnson had another gear and the, 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 I think they just the expectancy of, of 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 winning at home. I think was always gonna gonna help them. I mean, for me, I'd, I I really don't think St. Johnson deserved the win. You know, uh, I, I thought it was. I thought a draw would have been a fair result, but um, you know, St Johnson had a really direct team, and um, like the problem with Motherwell, we were talking about it last week, they, they, they kind of give away uh, silly goals, and yeah. um, I think <sighs> Motherwell got to be really disappointed, really, I mean, uh, they really should have been seeing that one out, but again, the prom persists that they're, they're giving away silly goals. really impressed with Ainsworth yeah. and um, Johnson. Johnson in particular was yeah. fantastic, he went by uh, players all day, he, he was a real key, key man for, for me. Well, he certainly, he certainly took. Uh, I mean, Shaughnessy's not the quickest fullback, neither is Brian Easton on the left. But their, their pace, mm. the two Motherwell wingers, it was a strange decision to take Ainsworth off in the second half. I think it was because he wasn't tracking back. Apparently, chatting to Barraclough after the game, but um, it was a, a, a. As I say, it was a really strange yeah. game. Do we do we think St Johnson will kick on from there after that win? Uh, you would like to think so, obviously. I never thought they would be in trouble, really. And if we're talking about teams that we can see getting anywhere near that top four that we were talking about, 
I would say St Johnston um, have got as good a chance as anyone else. I think so, after seeing them on, on um, Saturday. And I think, I never really know what to say about Motherwell because you can't, we're still trying to really judge what we think about them. Um, so, you know, it's it's important that we don't sort of overhype St Johnston based on obviously one good game against a, a Motherwell team that nobody's really sure about. But um, for me, I think they will kick on from there. And as Lewis said, I think they're a decent bet to, to be in, a, you know, in and around mm. that kind of fourth place in the table what are we what are we looking at the top six at the moment you'll have obviously the four we've talked about maybe St Johnson and Ross County I think that's fair comment I mean it's still early days but I still think Inverness as well I don't think you can count them out just yet Mm. although they've had a very poor start to the season yeah I think think Inverness as I said I think they need to get a goal scorer in Um, someone who will grab them 10, 15, 20 goals Um, they need they need that desperately because they're just lanker, la- lacking a wee bit. <laughs> Try that again. Uh, they're just lacking a wee bit up the top. So yeah, who are the the big winners from this weekend's games? Got to look at County, don't you? Um, Hamilton again, probably. Hamilton, yeah, yeah. Hamilton's a big one. I'd I'd probably yeah I think Hamilton. You've got to, you've got winning two 0 at Inverness is a more impressive result than winning four 0 at Rugby Park just mm. now I think Celtic as well because remember this was a team with nine changes so I mean credit mm. must go to Celtic for, for getting that result I don't like although, although, <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously you can, we don't you can like argue about the strength yeah. and depth that, that they have in the squad but again it's still a good result for you take that into consideration yeah it is but you always expect the champions to go and grind out grind yeah, out a result do. no matter what biggest losers Kelly Aye. Yeah, again. Yeah. This is very easy. I mean, it was Dundee United last week. I won't be good if it was a bit tougher one week. Um, it's got to be Kelly and Inverness this week, you would say. Yeah, Aye, it's just the opposite from what we've. Aye, yeah, basically. Aye. Yeah. Um, let's move down a league then and talk about the championship. Who do we want to talk about here? Will we go to our. Well, that's only our, one place to start. That was going to be. Uh, oh, well, of course, yeah. Why don't we start uh, chronologically as we did on Friday night at Capelo? Uh, I'll be totally honest here. I'm in a bit of a position where I haven't seen anything from it at all. So do you want? You've not seen Jim Goodwin's moment of hilarity. No, do you want me to just be silent for the next five minutes or so, and you guys can just talk away about it? I can just cry my heart out in this microphone. Wasn't that bad? Well, point. I know we got a point, but I mean, what what was the crowd like? First of all, we brought a really good support. Um, No, it was more than that. It was about fifteen probably. Oh, let's know. Let's. Is that sarcasm there? That wolf no, it wasn't. No, it was actually right it's probably um, Simon's biggest support ever. To be honest, away support. No, no quite. But um, <laughs> more than, more anyway, than we were averaging at home last year. I thought you were going to be quiet for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then. Um, no, no, we did. Uh, we got. We got a point. I mean, we were con- We were hoping for a hoping for a victory. Hoping to get off the mark properly. But going there, you were never really. You were never really confident as such because performances against Rangers. We were okay against Rangers, but getting beat by Dumbarton was was pretty disappointing. Um, those are the types of games you'd want to be winning. Although Dumbarton were excellent, um, so getting into the game, we were a wee bit apprehensive of what we could face. Um, but at the same time, we fancied ourselves. So I think going to the game, you're thinking, yeah, chance. And then as soon as it starts, you're thinking, geez, we're under the we're under the cost here. Morton really came at us. Um, Jamie Langfield, a number of good saves. He was really, really good. Um, there was a few people a bit apprehensive about him starting ahead of Ridgers, um, but credit to him, he came in. The first thing he did to endear himself to St Month fans was he, he was the first person out in the pitch. He ran over to the Morton fans, they were all booing him, and he ran over to the shed and he just he gave them the shh, the, the finger to the, the nose. Um, 
so that was that was brilliant for the the St Mirren fans um, to see that that happening, and um, he'll be a fan's favourite after that game started. Morton Morton created the chances. We were thinking this could be a long afternoon, uh, even though it wasn't afternoon; it was at night. But um, yeah, Morton Morton did well. Uh, Langfield brilliant. They then the game changes when Thompson's headers ruled out. Um, I'm not going to criticise a referee, but <laughs> struggling. Um, Do you I want to maybe just cry instead because you are struggling a bit over there? No, I mean it was a good header, and that there was obviously something seen, something not allowed, um, and the foul was given. It's just Fair quite, enough. It's quite fun to watch you like between St Mirren and referees. Like you don't know <laughs> what to do, do you? You're like, I don't criticise. Uh, and then the red card happened. Um, Jim Duffy came out after the game and said it wasn't a red card. Um, so that maybe tells you something you want to something you want to know. Um, my first reaction was it was because it came in at, at speed, but after seeing it again, it looked more reckless and dangerous. But it's one of these things that happens in the blink of an eye. Referee was sure about it; he didn't hesitate. Um, so fair enough. But truth be told, I don't think I think Morton deserved to win it. And that pains me to say it, but I think Morton deserved to to take the three points and. Um, we'll hopefully go on and build um, and finally get a win at some point I think long term uh, a point at, at Capital isn't a bad result um, <laughs> Is that I, you see you point there. Yeah, I see what you did there I mean <laughs> so it's about Falkirk no but I, I do think I mean I was I was having a conversation with somebody um, and he worked for Falkirk what a chance the person you were having the conversation with yes he did right. but the point I'm making though is <laughs> you know looking back on, on open three fixtures Morton arguably has put up the toughest toughest fight against us and that's from Wraith um, Livingston and, the, and then Morton so I think the go to Capolo, um is, is not necessarily a bad result to come away with a point no I'm uh, not I saying it was just we need to win, start winning games. We're, we're going into it looking game, at it as a must-win game. Win a game sometime soon because you're starting to become quite adrift slightly. It seems to have to say it, but you've got six points or whatever to catch up on um, on, on other teams. Um, so it's one of these ones where, I mean, Hibs are in a similar position as well, but you know teams have to start picking up points. It's the same thing that happened to us last year. We were cut left behind. Um, and for St Mirren coming down, there was a few good factors about the club, and I think it will still be there. But it can only last for so long if you're not going to start getting results in the park. What I would say is when St Mirren click, which I think they will, and if they do start getting results, uh, I think it will all come together. And I do think they will still finish in the top four. Um, but if maybe they made the, the start they wanted to, no, they've not. It's only three games in though, and what they need to remember is okay, they've had Morton, they've played Rangers as well. Teams that are up against them, like the Hibs, have played Rangers, but ourselves haven't. So there's kind of a round robin still to come. There'll be easier games at spells, Zalawa, Livingston, all that's still to come for Livingston for St. Martin to try and pick up points. But what I would say is, you know, you really can't be getting over kind of the first half of the first quarter without picking up a win. I think, I think what we badly need is a, a goal scorer. Um, Gallagher didn't start but I thought he should have um, we need someone who's going to bag us a few goals similar to not often we compare ourselves to Inverness and it's a bizarre comparison but they need a goal scorer as do we if we can get Shankland and I believe that deal will happen as will Andy Webster coming into the back for a bit of experience which wouldn't go amiss um, that'll put us in a good position and hopefully we can build from there but certainly at the moment we need we need goals 
A team that's uh, doing alright for goals at the moment is Falkirk. However, they are shipping a few themselves. Uh, they beat Livingston 2-1 at Ammonville on Saturday and you were there, Connor. I was. It was a, actually a very entertaining game. Um, dominated by Falkirk. Um, I think, you know, it's, it does... I know I'll sound biased, I know you're all looking at me, but I th- the way that I can justify it is by saying Livingston TV had about six minutes of highlights, and in those six minutes of highlights, there were two clips of Livingston uh, going forward, the rest of it was all Falkirk. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, were you editing those highlights? <laughs> to be fair, I it does not. say it's seven corners uh, to Falkirk, no corners to Livy, if that perhaps gives a bit of an indication Now it's only ten, ten shots to six in Falkirk's favour. I only two shots on target for Yeah, well that's a fair point. But no, it was a match definitely dominated. Two of the goals absolutely cracking. The first one for, for Luke Lee, it was a wonderful diagonal ball for Volks chested down and, and Van Basten esque in the oh, top corner. Jesus. <laughs> it was I know I know it, no, was, it was it was a hell of a goal. It was fair. a fantastic goal. Was it um, anything in Scott Agnews against Dumbarton? What? Was it anything compared to Scott Agnews was, against Dumbarton? Ten times. Uh-huh. It was a very good goal. No, no, it was. It was a, it was a sensational need, goal. I'll need to see it. It was absolutely sensational. Um, it's actually a good comparison of Van Basten in a funny way because it was very. It was that kind of, aye, that kind of right. cross volley, kind of over the. So he tried to cross it and just slapped it. Then. No, he definitely <laughs> went. He definitely <laughs> went to hit it. Oh, yeah. It kind of reminded um, me of a Lukasjutrovic goal a wee bit. Yeah, it's the same kind yeah. of bit further out, but it's the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, very convincing performance. Could have been four or five one, to be quite honest with you. Um, defensively, you know, we need to watch because, you know, if you're allowing teams to come level with you, it was a, a kind of wee slip at the back, potentially a foul on the goalkeeper. Um, but if we're going to allow teams to come back in, you need to be able to take your chances, and we did have a number of chances that we didn't take, so that'll be something that's a wee bit concerning. But we've got the one end, and that's the most important thing. You know, seven points out of nine to start the season certainly isn't bad. Yeah. Um, and you know, from here the batting on Friday night, it's all about just keeping the consistency going, keeping keeping the, the, the kind of wins up. And I think we'll actually do okay this season. I mean, we could not take by Peter Head in the cup, which I think has kind of overshadowed things slightly. But we made a very solid start hmm. to the campaign. I felt we've looked comfortable in certainly the two wins we've had. Seven points from nine. You can't really argue with that at the moment. Uh, a- Tip of the weekend was Wraith Rovers at home to Alamo. We thought that was a good shout. I think they were, what did I say, 4-5. to five. I don't know why they were that far out, because Wraith have had a good start to the season. Unlucky last week at the Falkirk Stadium, won their opening game of the season and won 3-0 on Saturday against Alamo. We'll talk about Wraith Rovers and re- really good start for them. They have made a very, very solid start. Um, and that's the sort of win that... the. Would I think last year they might not have got that? You know, I think last year with the squad they had, um, maybe would have <coughs> you know struggled a wee bit more against that uh, kind of resolute Alawa side. Don't get me wrong, I think Alawa have weakened over the summer. Um, that that I've got no doubt. But again, a solid performance, another cracking finish for James Cragen, um, who signed for Partick during the summer, and they've added further firepower up front with John Daly um, signing on until January. To be honest with you, <coughs> I think that'll be a very, it'll be a reasonably solid enough signing. I think the problem they've got is, I don't think Daly's plans are in Scotland long term. I think he said that. I think he's had interests from America. Mm. The problem he's got is their kind of squads or the the, the it's roster they call it that they can pick from <laughs> is is full until January. Yeah. Um. So he signed a deal to January, which I think tells you 
quite a lot about his plans. Um, but if he can come in and maybe get maybe ten goals or something, you know, just ten goals. Well, if he can get up to that, I mean, I think if what what the thinking behind it is is to add a different dynamic to the front line. I think they've got Lewis Vaughan in there, who's obviously been injured, uh, and will take a while to come back. So that's the kind of loss up front. We've got Mark Stewart and Craig Whiteon who are both smaller and, and kind of nippier players. So to have a bit of target man up front wouldn't go amiss for them. Um, and I expect them in mid-table, but no more than that this year. I don't, I don't quite think they'll be able to just make that final push to go for the playoffs. Dumbarton's fairy tale start to the season is over. They lost 2-0 at home to Queen of the South. And uh, Lewis? It's time for uh, Queen of the South corner with me. Uh, a weekly occurrence now, Scott's apparently. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you get a theme tune for it. Get our sort of Tammy. Ah, we'll do. Uh, ne- yeah. Next week, eh? <laughs> by, by all accounts, quite an accomplished performance from uh, the Dunhamers. Um, oh, you've, you've even learned the nickname. You've even got the nickname. Coming in with the accent next week. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the button will be a bit off the boil, to be honest. You know, uh, There was a point made in one of the forums that um, they looked a wee bit tired in the second half. Uh, I think just as a part-time team, I think that's going to happen. You know, they've done very well in the first two games, obviously. You know, beating St Mirren and Thanks, uh, mate. sorry, mate, <laughs> and uh, Hibernian as well. So I think that's maybe taking a tone than Barton. You know, as I said, you know, a part-time team. Um, whereas you know, Queens, um, you know, never really looked in trouble. You know, pretty much cruised the game. It was uh, Alex Harris's debut, formerly of uh, Hibs and uh, Dundee. Um, you know, had some very good touches. You know, that he took his goal well, um, uh, and I think. As well, just a point mate make as well, but Derek Lyle, I think uh, in him they have a really good striker, um, and he's a guy that will get them goals. And um, I think you know for Queens, you know they've had a you know it's a relatively easily easy start on paper, I think. But um, oh. it'll be really interesting to see how they match up next week. I but fair Rangers. play them because nobody yeah. was really giving them a chance when they'd right. when they'd uh, lost Dunning and uh, <laughs> what's his face Riley. Mm. Um, so I fair play them for still picking I mean, up results. There's a point to be made that you know if you've got hopes of promotion, you need to be winning these games. I mean, we saw it last year with uh, what just with Falkirk really, when uh, you know they're all kind of you know drawn games against them Barton at home. Falkirk and stuff. bottled it though. Yeah, but I, I, I think you know oh, I, I, as I said, oh, if, if they want uh, if they want promotion, they need to win games like that. And I think that they're certainly they're going about it the right way. Okay. The big game, of course, in the championship was yesterday. Ibrooks, where a full house saw Rangers beat Hibs 1-0. I think all of us have seen that goal from uh, James Tavernier. Absolute cracker. And uh, What is the proper pronunciation? Tavernier. 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 Yes. Right. Uh, Tavernier sounds better. I, I know, it? but De- Derek Ray confirmed that it's Tavernier, Tavernier. Uh, during last week's game at Alloa. Um, but Rangers weren't at their best. On Sunday? No, uh, yesterday. Well, far from it, but I think what we learned is obviously that is a tighter game than that. Well, that's the tightest game we've, we've played this season, um, and we came through it. Hibs, I thought, were okay going forward. It was when they got into the final third, they really looked to be lacking something. Um, and I thought, we just, the way we moved the ball wasn't as good um, as. as as it has been, and Warburton himself came out and said that, you know, we didn't take care of the ball the way we like to. Um, Kiernan, I thought, was a bit shaky as well, but... I do think he's got a mistake in him. I think he's he's been good in the main part, but I've seen him a couple of times. I just think he's, he's just, there's I a think, mistake I mean, in there I, waiting I, on him. I like him. Uh, I, I really do. I think him and Wilson is a, a vast improvement in what we've had um, for some time now in terms of centre-half pairings. Um, and I thought Wilson was phenomenal again yesterday. Uh, but Kiernan's, Kiernan's doing fine. Um, he, he had a bit of a shaky game yesterday, but I'm sure he'll come through it and come back stronger. Um, I even thought, 
Tavernier wasn't at his best. I mean, I th- he was given the man of the match um, by the sponsors, but I, I, I didn't think he was anywhere near his best, um, although he did score a fantastic goal. Exactly, not um, a bad contribution. Yeah, no, I'll take that. Um, to be honest, it was a it was a bit of a nervy affair. Certainly going into it, you know, it it was a it was actually um, it was my birthday yesterday. So going into the game, though, <laughs> I did have a few drinks in me. Happy um, but, uh, thanks very much. But uh, the the nerves and uh, the atmosphere certainly sobered me up uh, quite quickly. Um, and certainly for that last ten fifteen minutes, you know, it it was very. It was very difficult to watch at stages uh, the way Hibs were coming forward, but I'm pleased now um, with how we've started. I think that shows that there's a bit of steel about the team, a bit of resilience. And obviously, Warrens came out and said, "You know, we we know we can do better." Um, but six out of six um, for Warburton so far. First time since Bill Struth that that's been done by a new Rangers manager. Um, so I, I couldn't ask for much more. Um, and again, I thought uh, actually Wallace was also. Uh, really good and, and I never thought um, I would actually especially at the end of last season I'd be happy for him to be Rangers captain but he's been absolutely tremendous um, for me and I think if there was one player that embodied the change at Rangers um, if from last season to this season it's him because he's been absolutely outstanding and, and it certainly looks to have uh, relished the role of being captain Do we expect Rangers just to, to run away with that league table now? League table? Are we expecting to run away with the league now? Um I think you've got to fancy them, don't you? I mean, there's a real good feel-good factor about about Rangers. Um, the atmosphere yesterday just on that was absolutely incredible. I mean, obviously, with it being uh, that nice a day obviously helps. People are obviously in a good mm-hmm. mood and things like that and, and the way the cl- things are at the club, but it was it was electric. It was I can't describe how good it was. It's not often old firm fans are are really supportive of their side. You know, sometimes they... They can they can see the no they can see the negatives okay. um, because we've got such high standards because they're used to winning obviously. Well, there's been plenty of negatives for Rangers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know for Warburton and the come in, he's got fresh ideas. He's got them playing in a more attacking style. Um, they're really going for the jugular with teams. Um, so I think they're they're good to watch us now, Rangers. Um, and I think they'll be they'll be back in the top flight in no time. Our thoughts on Hibs? Um, Could do better. Yeah, I mean, they had a great opportunity at, at 0-0 with Henderson. Uh, Henderson yeah. yeah, if he scores that, I think it's a different, completely different story. Um, but he, he didn't. Um, and I think that basically Hibs, uh, Hibs need to need to find a way to score goals. Um, similar to a lot of teams, they need a, they need a proper goal scorer. Cummins? Cummins was really put... I mean, I think it, we were looking at one of the papers earlier and he got a four rate and I don't think he was that bad, but he was he was poor. A couple of great chances in the first half that he just failed to connect with either of them, really. He had the one that kind of looked over and he just didn't connect at all and then he had that, was, that, that chance. Cra- that was a cracking block, was it not? But, mm, well, um, but yeah, but Wilson. 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 Uh, Wilson. Wilson. He should never have had the chance to block it, I don't think. The other one was uh, what, the one that came to his right foot. I think if it's on his favourite left foot, he scores, but it was a, it was a disappointing day for for them and Hibs and and all truth to be totally honest, they've only got three points from the first three games. And yeah, but going into the, even the game on Sunday, were you really expecting Hibs to get anything? You know, no. Not, I mean, really. going into it, I think a lot. Certainly on the way up, um, with the people I went to the game with, and that we never expected it to be like the the six two game. We always thought it would be tighter, and obviously it was. It was probably a lot more tighter than any of us would have liked. But I just I never felt like. Obviously, when, you, when when teams get into the final third, no matter what you think of them going forward, you always think, you know, with the chances, especially the one that get cut across to Henderson that he skied um, into the Brimwin, you always think they'll score. But I never felt like Hibs were 
were that dangerous to be honest and yeah. I just I don't I've said it before and now obviously them losing their best player I just don't think this is a Hibs team that is that much of a threat to Rangers at the moment and I think you know obviously I, I thought St Murn would, would finish second and I, I still stand by that I still think St Murn will get their act together and, and they will be maybe not the closest um, I'm, I'm reluctant to say Rangers are going to run away with it at the moment um, just because of the, the pessimist I suppose that I am the fact you're sitting next to a Falkirk fan probably doesn't help as well uh, uh, that doesn't really matter but uh, the the thing is you know if we're, if we're still playing like in a month's time I'll be more confident about what Ross was saying about Rangers running away with it um, but as I say I just think Hibs just don't seem to be offering that, that much and obviously we've just you two through there um, in the other studio won't have heard this but Darren McGregor's just left Rangers by mutual yep. consent yep. Um, and already there's rumours linking them to St Murn and Is Hibs it? yeah oh, I'd, so, take him, I'd take him in a heartbeat would you? oh aye mm. I doubt yeah surely he could find a premiership club well, I think I mean he was the best player in a very poor yeah. a very very poor him, Rangers team I last think, season I think a team like Kamarnock could definitely be doing oh, that yeah, yeah, big yeah. time that'd the, be a great signing I mean the, the problem is he, he isn't the quickest um, but he is, he is solid and I think him ending up that's, that's strange was, that's strange getting rid of him because I know it's mutual consent but he's a good he's a good third choice if you like you know yeah doesn't fit into the plans perhaps yeah, I mean possibly. the way as I say the way the Rangers play if you were you know pushing forward um, and how high up we do sit at times McGregor is a bit slow um, if he was to play um oh. I'd, I'd love that. him back at someone. I'd absolutely love him back yeah. at someone. It's all right, you're getting Andy Webster. Uh, I'll take McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so that sets up uh, the tantalising prospect of a top-of-the-table clash next week. Palmerston on Sunday, Queen of the South against Rangers. We'll preview that later on in the week for you. But uh, in general, who were the, the big winners and losers from the Championship this, this week? Rangers, probably the big winners. Ran- a title rival Rangers Queen of, and then Queen of South obviously because they've beaten a team in Dumbarton that started really well um, and I think you've probably got to look at Hibs um, and, and maybe to an extent St Murn just because yeah. they're, they're still searching for a win Alloa as well Alloa at the foot of the table you know they're Livingston as well they're really needing yeah, really yeah. needing to pick up some Mi- minus points. nine goal difference yeah. minus nine goal difference for Alloa um, already uh, three exactly, games and that could, that's only going to build up so bit worried for them to be totally yeah. honest uh, let's go to the next league down which is League 1 and we're a bit surprised to see Dunfermline lose this week a Peterhead team that beat them we obviously saw me and Connor saw on Tuesday night at the Falkirk Stadium Rory McAllister scored 5 don't bring that up to Connor again man he's just got <laughs> over that thanks to his psychologist <laughs> but uh, no that, that was a hell of a, a, um, a performance from um, McAllister and in terms of Saturday Peterhead 2 Dunfermline 1 just a one goal for McAllister this time and Dunfermline's first defeat. We've, we didn't really see that one coming, did we? Mm, no, no, we didn't. But I think Peterhead have shown that they are a, a strong a strong team. Um, you know, you have, you're the only thing I can think of. And Dunfermline absolutely flying, so could it be that, um, you know, the journey potentially? I don't know, but I would have expected Dunfermline to go up there and win that. I think what it does show is that Maybe Peterhead, you know, I think everyone was looking at Forfa um, to be the team up there with which, Dunfermline, which, which they, they are. are. <laughs> yeah, that's but, still, that's still. but um, you know, Stranraer was probably the other one that people were looking at to be up there as well, and they're not. So could Peterhead be the team that, that go in there and, and provide that extra challenge? I do still think Dunfermline will run away with the league. Um, 
because I don't think we'll see too many more results like that. But it was a shock in, in, in some ways, but in other ways, I think what we saw is that, you know, Peterhead are a, are a, are a decent footballing team. Um, and, and up front, you know, they've got, like, say, as you probably scored at the weekend, McIntosh, McAllister, they have all, okay, McAllister hasn't proven himself at a higher level, but we know he could, 100%. Yeah. McIntosh would be with Dundee, Shane Sutherland as well, they've got up Forman top. Inverness. And even looking in midfield, you know, they've got um, the boy Dierzaski, I can't I don't know, <laughs> completely know how to pronounce that, but he was with Queen's House, he's got experience further up. Nicky Riley's got experience mm. with Dundee, Graham Smith's got top flight experience mm. with, I think, Motherwell or Partick it was he had it Rangers with. Rangers he played with for a bit as well, am I making um, that up? Smith? I think I might be the other Graham Smith. Is, it, is there two Graham Smiths? There's two Graham Smiths. Both, oh, <laughs> both Graham Smiths did play for Rangers did at they? one point. Yeah. Uh, I, was, um, I knew that. Sorry, apologies. Um, and who's who's the other player they've got uh, that was top flight? I'm trying to think. Was it um, <coughs> uh, Andy Rogers doesn't play top flight, so it's not him. It didn't, but he's got experience as well. Uh, and it's just a, a nice. So the whole squad's got experience, and yeah, the whole squad's got experience. Well, they do. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that they're, they're a team that, that that will get results like that over a season. There's yeah. been a couple of shocks in a week now. Um, it's a cracking week for for them definitely. anyway, and they're lucky because they get players that like up there. And they managed to keep them. That's certainly the case for like McAllister as well. You know, um, he'll not be on the move anytime soon. No. Yeah, it's, it seems to be something about the Highlands. When you look at uh, the likes of, of Inverness and Ross Counties, we, we talked about before. Peterhead seemed to have that same kind of feeling up there. Uh, I wouldn't rule them out for a, for a playoff position this year at all. I'm just looking at them, Fairland. They've played three games. They've lost one of them. Their goal difference is still plus ten. Which is just like, incredible. I know they've, I think the ones were seven one and six one, something like that. But is they're obviously falling away now. Aye, they'll <laughs> probably finish in mid table. Uh, no, I, st- I still expect them to, to go well. Forfar going really well at the top yep. of that league. Air United were a really good win against Stranraer on um, Saturday. It would have been you saw Air United last week. Uh, obviously against a, a good Rangers team, made a few changes, Rangers. But from what I heard, Air United were quite impressive. Um. Yeah, they were they weren't too bad. I mean, the second were, half they were might have been really good. Yeah, yeah, they were they were gritty. Um, obviously they were kind of what you'd expect a lower league. Obviously they're only one league below, but a lower league team like that uh, against a team like Rangers, you know, they got stuck in. Um, they played some some nice stuff. I never really felt we were in danger, but you know they looked like a, a half decent outfit. And Cowdenbeath with their the first win of the season. Greg Spence scored the goal for them. I think he's too good a player to be playing in League One, is he not? Greg Spence? He hasn't, he hasn't, because he came on, he, he was very kind of a focal point for Wraith coming off the bench last year, or it wouldn't have been last year, it been two years ago now, because it was Alawa last year. Mm. Um, I think when folk when he went to Alawa, folk thought maybe that was going to be too big, a, even a drop down from Wraith for him, you know, he'll, surely he'll go there, he'll get them goals. But he never really quite kind of got going, if you like. I think he had a, a few decent we spell throughout the season, but um, he's dropping in the division, and you know he'll be hoping that over time, whether it be Cowden and Beath or not, he can get himself back up to the championship. But it's important for him that he is going and doing that, getting winners in games, and and putting himself in the spotlight again. Because if he can do that, I've got no doubt he can go back up to at least a mid-table championship side and perform to a, a, a decent standard. But um, it is going to take 
you know, the, the, the goals from him. And unless he does that um, over this season, I think he'll, he'll be a player that will stay within those divisions. Let's go down to League Two. Then he's seen the, the League Two table at the moment. It's a yes. bit tight at the top, isn't it? You've got Elgin, East Fife, Montrose, Queen's Park, East Stirling and Berwick. That's six out of the ten teams. All with six points at the top of the league. And you've then got Annan with four, Clyde with three, Stirling with one and Arbroath with no points. I have to say there's only one team out of that top six that I would have said would have been playoff towards promotion. Queen's Park? No. Not for me. I would have said he's five, and then right. you go you're looking at like say Clyde and Annan after that. For me, I don't know what's happened for Clyde because as I said, you were tipping them as heavy favourites. I still think they will. I saw them first game of the season away to Stirling, who are now in ninth uh, below Clyde, and Clyde they weren't great, but they managed to grind out the win. It all hinged in the the Stirling centre half. Name escapes me uh, getting sent off and the penalty being scored by Scott Linton. But since then. They've lost two games, Clyde. Both they lost both of them two 0 Not scored a goal away to Montrose. I mean, I know it's a bit of a, a tough place to go, but you would have you would have really have expected a team with Clyde. I mean, you look at the team they had out there. They had the likes of Bolasheveki and Linton and Scott McLaughlin and Sean Higgins, Archie Campbell playing for them. They should be able to beat a team like Montrose. No disrespect to Montrose, and you wonder when I was there. There was certainly a a bit of uh, there was lots of positivity about the club when I saw Clyde during pre-season. Um, uh, in terms of Barry Ferguson, they're, they're clearly behind them. But you just wonder if that's going to start to waver if they don't win games because they're. I, I can't think of a team that's had such a, a better team than the rest since Rangers in that division. I think Clyde are they're no, nowhere near the same kind of golfing class that Rangers had when they were in Division Three at the time. But Clyde are Clyde should be really running away with that league, I think, and I'm. Uh, it might take them time to get going because it is, I think it is about eight new players in that starting 11 they had on Saturday. But at the end of the day, it's up to the manager to do that. And I think uh, questions have got to be asked a wee bit about Barry Ferguson. Oofed. Mm. Well, what, what else do we think from, from Saturday's games in League 2? Did anything else stand out for you there? Uh, Berwick with 3 1 win away to Stirling? Uh, yeah, the big one for me was East Stirling. Um, Annan, I thought, would be. Kind of not quite with Clyde this year, but they're there about, um, and they've made a a very good start to the season for you know six points the same as everybody else. But I think certainly we played Falkirk played them in the League Cup and they looked very poor that night. Um, I was speaking you know to people from me at the game, and I think there was genuine you know already still on fans. I think there was genuine concern you know. Um, I think goals was another issue, but then they've not had problems with that. But I think the boy uh, Nathan Shepherd, who, who who scored twice, I, I'm not, I, I don't, might be wrong with this. But I think he's actually a a, a winger. Uh, so and Chris Folds is most definitely a midfielder because he was he was with Falkirk as well. Um, but they've built a good, a decent enough team in there. Um, I mean, certainly look at the defence. I mean, Connor Green again came from. From Falkirk, along with Chris Falls in there, uh, and they've got another player. I'm sure that they've just signed a couple that have signed recently. That that you know they they come to local team session would do it as well, yeah. um, and they build a squad. I think 
not based on it, but they know they've got you know local players that will become released in the summer. Um, mm. But certainly they made a very good start. I mean, Craig Tully's been in there in his second year now, so maybe that is him just kind of finding his feet and, and doing what he wants to the team. But certainly now, you know, I think some people... And it's, I think it's stereotypical of Kennedy Stirling in many ways. You know, people say, oh, they're that team that finished bottom how many time, years in a row. But I'd like to see them do well. I mean, they're local myself, and I think having strong teams in your area is always a good thing. Yeah. Well, that, that brings last week's review uh, to, to a close. We'll have a wee quick chat about the League Cup games coming up, just a couple of minutes. I'll pick out a couple of ties here. The first one, Dunfermline against Dundee, Tuesday night at quarter to eight. That's a bit of a, a mouth-watering game. Yeah, I think um, Dunfermline obviously playing really well just now. Um, you've got, to, you've got, to, it's a difficult one to call to be honest because Dundee have been doing well, um, obviously. But going to going to East End Park, you've it's difficult. It's really tough um, because there'll be a decent crowd there. Um, and did Fermline will be fancying their chances? Obviously, they lost at the weekend, but they'll still they'll still be looking looking to get a result there. And um, but Dundee won't make it easy. F- eh, Dunfermline won't make it easy. No, Dundee won't make it easy for for Dunfermline. Um, so got yeah. there eventually. Aye, Falkirk Partick Thistle. We're going along to that on Tuesday night. Um, two two year. Yeah. No, but I mean. Um, <laughs> I'll be interested to see what uh, team uh, Party Thistle put out. You know, will they rest some players or will they, you know, go with full strength team? I think definitely Falkirk will go with full strength team there. And uh, I think, you know, in terms of Falkirk, I think they, for the, for them they'll look at it as a, you know, a winnable tie, really. You know, because I, I don't think Thistle are are, are, are too great a, a team. I still think they'll be ha- the favourites for the match, but I think that definitely Falkirk can get something out of it. Hearts will beat Forth. Whoa, so I jumped a wee bit in there. I think Forth or Hearts could be quite a good one. Forth are going well as we're talking about the League One. Well, be a bit interesting. Yeah, I'd said Forfar had a good shot. Um, we actually winning League One, um, mm. and I think they've they've started very well. Um, got under a wee bit of the radar with the start in Fermanagh, made just with the amount of goals in Fermanagh were scoring. But yeah, Forfar going really well. Um, but Hearts Hearts have been in brilliant form, um, and they'll they'll make it difficult for Dick Campbell's side. Ross County Air, I've been offered a ticket for that one, I think I'll, I'll politely decline that, uh, I'm not up for travelling up with the Regazzi to, to um, Victoria Park in a cold, well maybe, maybe warmish what Tuesday night. In terms of your own team Ross, Livingston the visitors in a, a, kind of a similar, well it's, a, it's an old championship game, St Myrna have done alright in the cup so far. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd fancy us to, to hopefully, hopefully. Get ourselves a get ourselves a win there. Um, Livingston obviously not got a point yet, so we're we're clearly better off than them sitting on a lovely one point. Um, but no, I'd fancy us to to hopefully win that. Um, obviously, Livingston will come here and make it make it difficult. Um, but nah, I think we'll I think we'll just edge it. I can't believe I tipped Livingston for a top five place. I mean, that's got to be the worst <laughs> shout of the year. Like, they've not even got a point yet. Have they even scored a goal yet? Or they scored on Saturday? So yeah, is the answer. Uh, Airdrie against, oh, sorry, Airdronians against Rangers Wednesday night. Not much to say about that one. I think Rangers no, uh, will win that pretty comfortably. We've got a good record there. Um, we've won every time we've played them there and haven't conceded a goal. So I think I think something else to add as well is that Airdrie are notoriously slow starters to the season. I think the last two they've, you know, what you last year was the worst start in uh, fifty years or something. So 
And that, that, again, you know, they've only won one out of their uh, first three, I think, in the bet breaking uh, this weekend. Who are actually bottom of the table? So yeah. I, I, I feel expect Rangers to to to, yep. to win the tie. Yeah. Other notable ties: Kelly Berrett could be interesting. That could really put the pressure on Gary Locke if if Berrett were to go there and win. Also, Hibstron Ra. Uh, Queen of the South Morton even Wraith Hamilton's quite a kind of interesting one two teams playing really well Queen of the South against Morton should be a good one um, I think you'd maybe still fancy Queen of the South just to just to edge it um, but Morton will go there taking a wee bit of confidence with Friday night's game um, because they played well um, so yeah I think that should be interesting to see how that one goes I think looking at all the fixtures I mean undoubtedly there will be shocks shall we say um, within within the, the kind of pool um, I think it's a strange one I think there'll be games where we think oh well, I didn't see that coming but also there'll be games where the result comes in and a Premier League team will be knocked out I, I don't doubt that um, but will it be much a surprise because I would have to say you know if um, you're, you're going to come on to Falkirk here aren't yeah. you just, yeah. <laughs> let's just all call a shock there then just looking at the fixtures if, I, if you force me to go for a shock there, mm, what would I go? I've got a funny feeling for Berwick Rangers at Rugby Park on Tuesday night. He's faith to beat Motherwell. Oh, that's actually that's a good Antarctic one. Arctic to beat Falkirk, which would be a shock to Connor. <laughs> extremely confident. I'm not yeah. extremely confident. I just feel that To be fair We saw a pre-season game I mean I know it's just pre-season But there wasn't much in it If anything Well Falkirk were the better team To be totally honest But it would be totally different I think Partick uh, <coughs> As I said They've only lost two games This season Partick, Hearts and Celtic But I think um, The two games you've pointed out there With your East Fife and your Berwick They're your shocks But where Falkirk To go and beat Partick Where ha- uh, Wraith To go and beat Hamilton Um you could even say potentially Morton against Queens, probably not. But games like that, would it would it be essentially a shock? Probably not. Not expected, but not yeah. like. I mean, if Hearts went out, that'd be a shock. Yeah. If Hibs oh, went out, if Rangers went out, that'd be a shock. Well, even so Hibs, Hibs, Hibs might. I don't know, but Hibs. I think them being at home, I think helps them. I don't. I don't see Hibs. I could be wrong, but I don't see Hibs uh, on Wednesday. It's Wednesday night they're playing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I don't. Um, I don't see them. Not winning that game mm. so anyway uh, go off to a game if you can if you're free and you've um, not got anything better to do very much across the board the prices have been especially for League Cup games, games. They'll, be, they'll be cheap as well which brings us on to a good topic of attendances Lewis your your weekly weekly attendance zone uh, do you want to just yeah. kind of fill us in with what's, what's going on in attendances how, how are teams faring just in general this weekend, you know, a lot of really good away supports. Uh, St Johnson taking 950 fans to Dundee. Uh, Aberdeen got uh, over 1,700 at Motherwell. Uh, 1,300 for Hearts at County. St Mirren, of course. Uh, St Mirren, yeah, of mm. course, of course, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's uh, worth obviously pointing out this is last weekend, yeah, okay. but by the time by the time you get everything, it's it's kind of you're going on a, a week's delay. Yeah, yeah, because I mean it takes a while to get all the the tenancies together and stuff. But, <coughs> Motherwell. Yeah, well, the actual um, uh, the actual article I looked at this weekend kind of feature. I was looking at uh, the second season syndrome, which uh, yeah, I mean uh, 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 Connor's in the in the studio there because uh, actually Falk are the only team not to suffer from this, really. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically what it is is it's not just consigned to the pitch; it's actually off the pitch as well. 
Uh, so over the years, you know, Marin attendance has dropped by 90% from uh, promoted in 2006, and then the season after dropped by 90%. Hamilton dropped by 21%, St Johnson 19%, Inverness by 11%, County by 15%, Thistle by 25%. So wow. there is something to be saying. Now Falkirk only dropped by 2%. Uh, still a drop though. It's still, it's still a drop, yeah, but I think that you know, we're talking about this, uh, me and uh, Connor, and I think the reason for it was because the, the ground was quite small at that time, and then they were they got a kind of temporary stand-in, and it was, there was a lot of redevelopments at this point of, point of time, but you know the point remains is that you know there is a bit of a drop-off, and I think the reason for that is, you know, there's two reasons, It's the first one is, um, I think yeah, away fans aren't going to travel to the grounds as much, because the novelty kind of wears off after a, after a season, and uh, just the fact that, um, you know, the kind of casual fans that turn up for their team when you know when they're winning they don't really do so much as when they're in the top flight and they're losing. Falkirk's drops drop at two percent only because Connor's been sending death threats to, yes. to any fan contemplating not going oh, to a game. God, what a thing to say! Uh, how how do teams like Dundee compare in terms of their first season back in the league last year and then this year? Yeah, well, I mean, Dundee's going to be a different one because Dundee are a, a, are a kind of different club. You can't really compare it at this moment in time because they've only, you know, been playing. Um, they've had the obviously Hearts and uh, you know they've had, they've had quite a lot of big games. So Johnson and Hearts, you know, they're two of the biggest games of the, of the season in terms yeah. of away support. So you can't really tell at this early stage. But I think uh, they'll they'll probably do it all right. I don't, I can't, I'm not expecting a. 20% drop I'm expecting a, a bit of a drop I think Hamilton is one that will have a bit of a drop oh, they've, big they've time. dropped by quite a bit just so far and I've actually I've said it um, in, 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 the, in the newsletter uh, just in the first week I've said it again this week um, I'm predicting Hamilton to get a, the, the first club since uh, Gretna to get a crowd a home crowd below uh, a thousand hey, we were having this discussion we think there'll be a January night when they play yeah. Ross County or, or something yeah. like that. And it'll be it'll be a nine hundred and ninety eight or something. It'll be and, oh. and there'll be a big uh, a, a big stushy made about it in the papers the morning after how Scottish football is dying. Not by us. Not we by we us. talk up the Scottish game. Um nicely done there, Hamish, getting that in. Yep. In terms of uh, talking points, anything any of you you want to bring up, any any of the big issues in Scottish football at the moment? Put you on the spot there. Um could maybe talk about Alan Stubbs and Mark Warburton's war of words before before the Rangers Hibs game. We could. It wasn't really a war of words, was it though? Well, uh, it was. Alan Stubbs. Stubbs made the made the valid point that the Rangers' job's an easy job. It's he not really an easy oh, job, yeah, yeah, yeah. though, is it? He, he never said at any point that the Rangers' job was easy. Yeah, well, it's, it's the papers that spun that. He said that, he said that the funds that they had were a lot. A lot more than what any other club has, which is true. Yes, in that league. Yes, but he was pointing towards the fact that he's got it easy at Rangers. Mm. He's not though. I don't. That's I don't know true. that he was. He was pointing towards that. I think I, I would just echo very much what Warburton said. If you don't know what you're talking about in regards to obviously Stubbs doesn't know the inner workings of Rangers like the Rangers manager does, then I would. Guess that not commenting on it would probably be the best course of action for Alan Stubbs. So you don't think I don't think there was any mind well, games. Maybe if he focused on getting his team to try and win games, if only won one out of their first three. Po- apologies, Hibs fans. Uh, what I would say, I don't think. I think Warburton should maybe look at himself in terms of why he commented on it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he'll be too quick to do that next time because he actually, if you actually listen to what Stubbs says and don't get the paper spin on it. Uh, Stubbs actually well, didn't didn't well, do anything bad to Warburton at all. Well, there was no, no bad what, 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 what were Stubbs' exact well, what, comments then? 
Warburton's comments were, if you don't, as Warburton doesn't comment, I think we can agree, doesn't really comment on other clubs. He said it numerous times for him. The way he approaches it is it's very much about his team. So for him, it's about Rangers. The way Warburton said it was, he didn't say anything disrespectful to Stubbs. What he said to him is, if you don't know in regards to if... You well, know, telling, if you don't know you don't know my team as good as I know my team, so don't comment on it. Telling Stubbs to shut your mouth a wee bit. Hmm. Keep well, his, well keep the, amount, the amount, I think what it comes down to as well, I think it's more than that. Just that interview, I think we've had the whole summer of Alan Stubbs has spoken a lot the Scott Allen saga as well mm-hmm. um, whereas Warburton when he was asked was always very I thought respectful and said like I'm not going to comment on his other team the other team's players which he didn't but yet Stubbs has, set, has yet still um, continued to talk um, and I mean he can only answer the questions that are given to him obviously but he seems to to like to talk about Rangers a lot which mm-hmm. and Warburton's response to that was well if you don't obviously know my team as well as I know my team then don't talk about my team because I think that would only be fair when someone like Warburton who doesn't talk about anyone else's team he's very respectful to everyone else's team including Hibs and yet still Alan Stubbs feels he, he you know he, he talks about Rangers to the amount that he did It's very easy when you've got money to spend to bring in much better players than what was there at the start Rangers have started the season strongly they've started well when you buy good players, which they've obviously brought in, sometimes it does not necessarily take a long time to gel. Compared to where they are last season, it's a transformation of the squad, but they've spent a lot of money as well. There's no denying, and we've, we've seen that they've started the season well, um, and from their second half performance against Hibs, that was uh, when things go their way, they can be a dangerous team. But it's it's actual well, comments. The title the title in the paper, the title of your daily record, is Alan Stubbs... Uh, War- Matt Warburton's got a very easy job at Rangers. At no point did he actually say that Matt Warburton's well, got a very easy job. Well, obviously, hearing He's those actual quotes, Warburton's not, yeah. not looked at the quotes either. Exactly. What Warburton ju- just jumped in straight into it. I don't yeah. think he'll be quick to do that again. He's, he's almost been played by the media looking for a story, and I think he'll, he'll learn that next time. He'll I don't learn. think he's been played at all. I think he's just answered... He has, a, though. He's not, though. He's just answered a question that's been... Well, he, he's, he's, t- he's told him to say he didn't. He doesn't comment in our club, so why didn't he just say no comment? He's told so. him to shut his mouth. Yeah, yeah, it, that's which, which he's is up, There's a difference between talking about other people's clubs and then sticking up for the club that which you manage. Yeah, well, to tell him an our manager to shut his mouth is a wee bit. It's not. It's not the best thing to say. Well, no, I under. But the thing is, that's what I'm saying. We've had a whole summer of Alan Stubbs continuously talking about Rangers, whether it be well, the Scott, Al- whether <laughs> that's wh- not through his own. It's not. Yeah, his no, but problem. I mean, it's it's through the whole. It's been through the whole Scott Allen saga, and then obviously when we've played them, which is fair enough. Obviously, you're getting asked questions about your opposition before you play them. But the fact is, when you see the way Warburton, when he's asked about other clubs, comes across and handles it and says, "Listen." He's very respectful, but this is all about Rangers for me. We worry about what we do, whereas Stubbs seems to have this habit of commenting on what Rangers do more than what his own team do. But he's he actually crediting Rangers there, if you listen to the quotes. But mm. the th- it's, it's very much... It's not necessarily, I don't think, that one interview that, that why Warburton said what he said. I think what he, it's just been the whole summer of... Con- and the amount of times, obviously, I'm probably the only one here that watches the Rangers press conferences in any great detail... Um, so, any time Warburton is asked about them, he always says, listen, they're a dangerous side, we'll be very respectful to them, but it's all about us, for me. So, and you can tell every press conference he's been asked about Alan Stubbs and Hibbs, and he's always said that, and I think that was just him going, listen, I've had enough of this, this is what I think. And 
I mean, he's even, but he even came out after it and said, listen, there's absolutely no problem between me and Alan Stubbs. We'll chat after the game. Things are absolutely fine. So I think it's just an issue. It's it's really a non-issue that's been made. More has been made out of it than what needed to be. Yeah, well, it certainly is. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think that it was it stoked up in terms of uh, going into Sunday's game. I didn't see the game, so I don't know how much of an it's, effect it had on it. I think it's the thing we're talking about where when we were talking about the, the, the whole showboating thing with the door the other week, there seems to be a lot um, in, in the Scottish media, they like to sensationalise things and they always have to find a narrative or the, the sort of glamour aspect instead of just trying to build up a game between two supposed title rivals. And I think that's evident, whether it be whether it be Rangers, whether it be Celtic, whether it be whoever, there's always a an effort made in the Scottish media to over-sensationalise things. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about at the moment? Any any other burning issues in Scottish football? Uh, burning issues? Nah, I wouldn't say so. I suppose you could talk about, if you wanted to, about uh, the Malmo keeper. This is going to be a nightmare to edit. Try again. Sorry. I suppose you could talk about the Malmo keeper complaining about Celtic mm. being brats and pigs. Pigs, it was. Pigs, pigs and, and brats, yes. Apparently, it's a slightly different meaning in Sweden. Oh, I'm trying to think okay. of, of the meaning. Uh, if you give us a wee second, I'll, I'll try and find it for you. But I think it's, it's a more, it's not as brutal as it sounds in, in English or it means here. Uh, I think I think it means kind of a wee bit dirty, dirty effectively. Um, I just uh, it's newspaper journalists will be loving the headline. Did you, what did you think about Celtic's second goal? Did you think that was a foul from Griffiths and the keeper backing into um, for beating Cedar? I don't. You know I, what I mean? You can you've seen them given. Hmm. Lee Griffiths will do that all the time though. It's it's yeah. up to a referee to to stop it. I don't know. I mean, you probably know better than me. What what are the rules? Are you allowed you're allowed to stand there? Well, you're, you're allowed, allowed to, you're allowed to stand there. It's a keeper. The keeper can't really. You can't foul the, the keeper as such. What what's fouling the keeper? Obstructing him. Yeah, you'd probably say so. Yeah, you could argue Griffiths was obstructing yeah, him. Yeah, you could. He's having a he's having an impact on Griffiths' ability. On uh, Griffiths is having an impact on the, the keeper's keeper. ability to get the ball. Yeah. But, um, it's all listen, but it happens very quickly, I suppose. Yeah, we've got um, a tweet here from our very own Matthew Finlay. He's asking, "Is Danny Ward the best keeper in the league?" In fact, we'll, we'll go a step further. We'll go best keeper in the country. Craig Gordon? No. Craig Gordon. Um, Scott, Scott Bain's Bain. better in that league. Yeah. For a start, I would say. Uh, nah, I wouldn't say so. He's he's obviously a young a young guy, promising talent, but I, th- I, I think, think it might just be Aberdeen fans and and, and no disrespect, maybe it's getting a wee bit carried away with the fact that they've actually got a, a half decent keeper now rather hey, than Jamie Langshaw. Did you not see him against Martin the other night? Outstanding. I don't know. He's no mm. code clangers for nothing. Hey. <laughs> Uh, who do who do we think the first manager out the door will be? I know Benton was suspended in Gary Locke on Saturday. I think the lad Brokes. Is it as simple as that's going to be Gary Locke? Uh, you could look at Jackie McNamara as well. I, I think with the, the difference is I think the United board seem to be behind yeah. McNamara, whereas I, I think Kelly or maybe they could be pressurised. By is, the who, fans. Do, who did Kelly try and bring in? McCoyst. Oh, I'm calling it McCoyst. They might look at somebody like James Fowler at Queen of the South. That would be. That would Similar be decent, to Al- Alan Johnson. Yeah, that would uh, be a decent appointment. There was, um, a, there was talk, somebody I saw online of if 
uh, lock was to go, and then you would have McCulloch as uh, the player manager and Boyd as player manager assistant, mm. which it would be. Don't know about that. Interesting to say the least. Stephen Presley's been back up around Scottish football a lot Ooh, in the past couple of weeks. Stephen Presley. Just waiting for someone to get sacked and then he's going to walk in that door. So, what about, what about James Fowler to Kelly and Stephen Presley, Queen of South? No. I could see that happening, actually. I could see that happening, actually, to be fair. But I would imagine if Prez had the opportunity, he'd rather go to Kilmarnock than. Prez? Ooh, Ooh, friends. (laughs) 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 Mr. Presley. So uh, we'll, we'll treat this like a bit of a politics show now and um, I'll, I'll give you all a wee chance to make a closing statement. What will you remember from this weekend's action of Scottish football? What team or player will stand out for you? And I know what Connor's going to be. Connor, we've not really touched on it yet. The, well, we have actually. The, the Van Basten-esque goal from Luke Lee. Is that is that what you'll take from this weekend's action? Most definitely. I think it'll be goal of the season. For us anyway. For, for Falkirk anyway, it'll be... It'll be our goal of the season. Yeah, um, well, you don't think, score many, do you? Um, but honestly, if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. It's Guardian's goal of the week. It's on there. Um, if you see a young ginger kid in the background <laughs> jumping up and down for the stand, that's your corner park. <laughs> no, but genuinely, I, I just think it was a, an absolutely wonderful strike. The whole move, I mean, the diagonal pass even for Volks, and he's right into his chest. He brings it down, he smashes mm. it. I, I genuinely think you... I'm not convinced there'll be a better goal uh, in the Championship anyway this season. Was it better than Muirhead's? Oh, aye. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're raving about that. Fuck it, my son. I'm going to go with another viral video that's came about already with Jim Goodwin's slip. That's uh, Miss kick against, against Morton. Um, to see it's the guy's laugh Absolutely watching brilliant. it as well. Uh, probably the, the most entertaining part of the game. Um, but that maybe says a lot about the game. But no, no that was... That was Quite funny. Goodwin didn't smile at it, which didn't really surprise me. But <laughs> um, and we somehow managed to get a foul for it as well. So yeah, I'll go with that. Cal, um, for me, it's probably just got to be the atmosphere at Ibrox yesterday. Um, was just that it was nice. It was like having. It was just confirmation for me after everything that's obviously happened that uh, the supporters have got their club back, which was nice. And mm. obviously winning, and it being my birthday, and it being twenty-five degrees. Delighted for you. Probably Kelly's defending for me and the uh, subsequent outcry from Not the something to do with Queen of the South. All oh, right, okay, yeah, Queen <laughs> of the South then, yeah, the, the fantastic performance on their, on their way to the, the title. We'll get you on with James Fowler one day and we can have yep. a full big Queen of the South podcast. Big, big Queen of the South. I think just quickly another viral video as we mentioned and earlier, definitely the one with the Kelly fan. No? With the, oh, right. uh, oh. the rant after the, <laughs> the game. That's what yeah. yeah. And I heard Andy Considine yeah, there mentioned as well. Oh, I, I can't that. look at Let's that guy. Let's not talk about that. He was far too into that. <laughs> um... Oh Christ, putting myself on the spot here. Uh, uh, I'll probably take my first visit to McDermott Park on Saturday. Uh, it's a, the, the theatre of screams. It was, a, it was a good game, I enjoyed it. Uh, it, was, it was good to see. It's a, it's a, in all honesty, it's a really nice stadium. Uh, it's a shame they don't get as great attendances, but it's a, I like it. It's a nice stadium and it was, it was good to see... Um, I was sitting next to Graham Spears, that's what I'll take for this weekend when Graham Spears asked me who scored. Oh, oh friends, you're friends. Uh, nah, he, nah, he can ask me who scored the goal and I, I got it. I, but, um, he gave you a pie, didn't he? He did, yes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you can confirm. Yeah, we'll, we'll end on that note because I think we're, we're starting to talk a bit. Boys. 
burst balls. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on that note, let, let's see if that makes the final cut. But um, thank you very much, guys. As always, uh, we had Mr. Falkirk, Connor Park. I don't know why he's saluting here. We had Callum Fisher. We had Ross Clark. We had Lewis Kemp. And we had myself, Hamish Carton. Thank you for listening, listeners. And we'll be back later on in the week with our big weekend preview. Look forward to that. See you later. <laughs>